Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. Namaste, motherfucker. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Back with another episode of the Die Living Podcast. <laughs> Today, we got Chris, George, and Brooke here, and we are going to talk about some holistic life practices that will complement the training programs that we have on the market right now. Um, as, <laughs> as George began with his awesome intro... Um, I think we'll go ahead and get it kicked off with some talk about some breath work and some meditation and yoga and nutrition and how all that uh, plays into, you know, getting us ready and getting us prepped for training and not only really training, but in the big picture, when you think about it, you know, our training really supports our lifestyle and long term, you know, our longevity that you know, being that. Um, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and we'll kick it off and. <laughs> I feel like I have no choice now but to pass it off to George. After that. Um, so, so we'll go ahead. So we'll, we'll, you know, as as you heard the uh, the singing bowl there in the very beginning, followed by the Om chant. George, uh, you have you, you've done this. We've done this through a couple of our programs, but you know, we have uh, introduced a good amount of breathing work into pretty much every program that we have now, uh, with softly. So do you want to give us a little bit of background on, on how you came across it and how you've used it and maybe some different examples of how one, not only it's complemented your training regimen, but also as it's made you a more centered individual. I, I become so much more. N- <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> the, the Shaolin monks are crushing. They're frowning at you right now. By the way, all the listeners, please, if, if, if you do this for a living and you really believe in this, you know, we're not making fun of it. It's actually been a really big part of like my lifestyle and it's really been a big part of like really making me more centered and present in what I'm doing. Um, I, it's funny, we, I just, we were talking about this pre-show, is I actually have a singing bowl at home. Um, that has been my, you know, I've been doing, you know, the breathing work and meditation and cold exposure work and even heat exposure work, and I decided to go ahead and take it to the next level and get into the singing bowl stuff, um, just because of the fact, I don't like using my phone all the time, um, and that obviously was from my phone, because I do have stuff for that, but I was like, hey, you know what, like, I just want to have a singing bowl at home. So like when I take a break from doing work or I need to go to sleep or whatever else, I can sit there and play with it. And if no one's ever used a singing bowl, it is a lot of fun. It it, it really does center you and, and it, it works off the energy off your body and the waves that your body puts off. And you know, something that I've noticed is like, I'll sit there and my, my singing bowl is a really small singing bowl and I'll like hit it and I'll like start playing mm. with it and I like, it's really cool because you can really be creative on how you make the different um, the different noises off that singing bowl. Um, and then one thing I really started noticing too is you can connect your breath with the sound of the singing bowl um, is what I've really kind of like mess around with. And it, it, it could just be something in my mind the way I look at it and think about it as is, but going into the breath work, you know, we hear this going on and, and 
Chris is actually taking the course with these guys, with Brian McKenzie and Rob Wilson. And I ran across it last year sometime February, March timeframe of 2017. And I was like, what is this breathing work going on? Because I was really getting sick a lot. I was, you know, I was really tense. I was not really living a quality type of life. So I was like, you know, I need to fix myself. You know, I, I, I'm not a big believer of, of you know, taking over-the-counter medicine to help take yourself, to get better. Um, just, I don't want to use that stuff and be relying on it. I was mm -hmm. like, there has to be other ways to do it. Um, and I kind of started looking into like, okay, what are some ways to do this? And I started seeing this breathing, like, hey, you can do breathing work to help really like connect your mind and body to, as one. And, and, and from there, I was like, wow, okay, cool. So I started looking at Brian McKenzie. And I've been a follower of Brian McKenzie since 2009, 2010. Um, and, you know, he's been a big, big part of not just my coaching career, but also, too, he's also led a, has been kind of that pioneer of, like, really trying things out, like, in that human performance life. And then you see him do really well at it. You know, and then he connected with Rob Wilson, and I, I found out who Rob Wilson was, and seeing his background, and seeing what he had done, and how him and him and Brian had started working together really well. And you know, I'm one of those, I'm, I'm a big advocate. Is like you have to try it out, and you have to experiment before really trying to push it out to people. Mm -hmm. Um, is something that I, I'm a really big believer on. So I ended up, you know, jumping onto the breathing program, and it was a very simple breathing program for. Uh, that you know those guys were doing and you know kind of listening to what they were talking about and how they did and it was a very simple and easy way to get into it because breathing is probably one of the most simplest things that we can do but people make it so complex sure yeah i'll buy that i, I think that well first off one it's the one thing we all have in common right everybody everybody breathes you need to do it in order to live um and and the thing that kind of like i always found interesting is that one like it's been around for thousands of years yeah. like like by no means did anybody in the 21st century coach or anything like invent breath practice no you know? we just yeah. what was in the like you know brian mckenzie says is like we're just grabbing stuff in the river mirror and right. putting it in some modern practice now. absolutely and and so and and, I, and what's funny is that you know because it's the breath being tied to one your life because if you stop breathing then you you die <laughs> um but two in the sense that you know so it's, it's very very popular now um and very I don't know if you want to call it trendy, but um, but the practice of mindfulness and and the practice of being present in the in the current moment and using breath as a way to bring your focus back to you know really essentially like Central. what is happening right now. Yep. Um, and and the way I liked you know Brian and Rob in the in the course was that they you know they basically easily stated you know your your brain controls your body and your body control your breath controls your brain you know so it's like if you can if you can physically put yourself into different states, states. yeah um you know utilizing mindfulness and breath practice and meditation then you're really kind of like unlocking your body's kind of true potential um and really kind of like not letting it just run on autopilot like a lot of people do because um, you know, another purpose of the, I've seen the, the bowl in, in use is that, you know, when you hear the sound, um, you know, you get, you get brought back to that sound mm -hmm. in your little sitting space. So I'm, I'm sitting on a cushion or I'm, you know, I'm standing or whatever I'm doing. Uh, it's a recognition of what you're doing at that moment. And I, the way I like, I looked into that too, is that there's uh, our brain is used to hearing certain types of energy waves. And, and what happens is that bowl creates these kind of sounds and these waves that your ears take in and, and obviously process into the mind, which bring you centered to where you're at that time mm -hmm. and period. Um, but yeah, no, like, you know, what ended up getting me into that was, so I started practicing with it and noticed that like, hey, this is actually 
really fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. like people look at us and like when we talk about breathing, like breathing, dude, I breathe all the time. It's like, but do you really breathe for quality of type breathing instead of like, you know, instead of like just breathing to breathe, right? Like mm-hmm. Gray Cook says this all the time. He goes, you know, human beings breathe 15 to 20,000 times into their chest, which ends up closing off that diaphragm, puts them into very bad positions and postures, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it leads to this, and, and, and I know everyone can relate to this because it used to be me also. If I was sitting behind my computer and working for a while, I all of a sudden started feeling tired, and it's like, well, why am I feeling tired for? It's like, man, like, I've slept six to eight hours, I'm eating right, but I'm just feeling tired, I'm feeling low energy. Well, it's because of the way we're breathing and the way we're hunched over, you know, we're collapsing the lungs, not getting full oxygen to my body that ends up going to my brain. So it's like, oh, well, let me go ahead and fix my fix my posture and let me go ahead and like tuck my rib cage down, make sure my spine is neutral. All right, cool. Let me go ahead and focus on, you know, at least a minute of some really deep inhales and exhales so I can really get that oxygen into my brain that I need to keep me awake. And when I started doing that, it started leading me to like, okay, cool. Like, you know, the breath does alter your state and your mood mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And what led me into breathing at the same time was HRV, which is heart rate availability. Um, you know, and, and I got very, very untrained following it because I looked at it like every day. I was like, oh, I'm in the red today. I can't train. Oh, I'm in the red today. I can't train. Oh, I'm in the green today. Let's go and just kill myself in the gym. Oh, I'm in the yellow today. Let's go do that. And it was one of those things where I was like, wait a minute my heart rate variability is just really testing the R&Rs, the heartbeat, right? And then at the same time, it's how I'm breathing. Because I noticed that I can alter my my heart rate variability through my breath. And a lot of people don't realize that, hey, if you wake up in the morning and you feel like complete shit, you can actually alter, alter, like change that mood and change the physical state and mental state that you're in by doing a couple of things, right? It's like, well, what's the most easiest thing I can do while I'm laying in my bed? You can breathe and you can meditate. And a lot of people don't realize everyone's like this. And this is something that, and I'm doing an experiment right now and I'm not gonna talk about it because I'm not done with it's it just secret. yet. It's top secret. And I'm just not done with it <laughs> yet. And some secret. people, if you're following me on Instagram, you know that you, you see what I'm doing. But one thing that it's really, really, you know, opened my eyes to is really slowing down before bed and after bed or after waking up. And that where it was like, okay, cool. Most of the time what happens is is people wake up and the first thing they're doing is grabbing their phone, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, how about you take that five minutes instead of scrolling through the social media or checking your emails and doing some kind of breath work and meditation to set your day up for success. And that's where I started looking like, okay, cool. And I started seeing like, oh, this is awesome. This is connecting me to get me, you know, to get my day set up better. And then from there it was like, all right, cool. Well, how can I utilize this for like training? And this is where Brian McKenzie came in and Rob Wilson came into it, right? They're like, you know, breathing is 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 to help with, you know, controlling the stress in your body, right? We can upregulate and we can downregulate the central nervous system. And it's one of those things is like, all right, cool. So like if I need to upregulate for a training session, I can do that. You know, and, and one of those things is it's just super ventilation. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 Chris, let's go and hear an example of that real quick. So I mean, not to not to steal anyone's thunder, um, but superventilation is just basically a almost like a controlled hyperventilation. Like hyperventilation yep. basically happens, you know, when you lose control. Superventilation is when you take control. Um, all it is 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 your is your what you're doing. If you think about, you know, we train our muscles, so we train our biceps and our triceps and our chest muscles. But um, the 
diaphragm is a muscle. So also, right? right? It's not an organ. So um, there, there is a an amount of training that can take place that will help that muscle learn what to do, how to do it, just like you would train almost any other muscle in the gym. And the way you train that muscle, since the diaphragm is the primary muscle for breathing, uh, the way you train that muscle is by breathing. Breathing. Um, shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and again, like, when you think about, like, at least training, you know, the kind of like the, the cascading effect of, you know, just overexertion, like when you're working out, you know, it's like everything goes downhill pretty quickly. Like when you get exhausted in a workout, like your core temperature goes up, you know, you're, yep. you build up all that CO2, that lactic acid, and then you can't get rid of it. And then you just end up hunched over in a little ball, just like, just like trying to just bleed out um, all, all, that that, CO2. all that CO2. Right. And so, you know, if you can, you know, the, really for me, like just what it's done is it's kind of like unlocked the, you know, or helped to unlock, you know, the, the true, potential that your body has and, and when you when you look at training doesn't matter I mean whether it's gym training or whatever kind of training you're doing you know you want your training to be holistic because it's it's you that's doing it so um, you know in order to be like the best at anything right like you you fully apply all your senses like everything at one time like the body works as one collective you know and and meditation as like this practice of essentially unification unifying the body and the mind into one collective effort um it's really the way to unlock your your true potential you yeah. know because i mean we we get used to especially like when i started you know working out we we used to train the body in individual parts mm -hmm. which is fine and there's nothing wrong with that um you know there's certainly a time and place for it um but really in order to experience i think you know what you really can do and what you really can accomplish as a human being is you have to begin to start to, to unify the right. body and the mind. And, and this is something that, that yogis have said for, years. you know, thousands mm -hmm. of years, yeah. you know, doing this on like the banks of the Ganges river, you know, and, and it's nothing, it's nothing new, but, um, it, it's, I think that for me, at least what really kind of made it effective for me was just how simple it is. You it know, is. it's like, especially in this culture where it's like, you know, oh, I, I need to like attach a whole bunch of stuff to what am I doing? I got to get my, my Lululemon yoga pants so I can go to <laughs> yoga. And then I need my, my meditation cushion and my bowl and my, all this like, and again, like what happens is, is you just, if you apply consumerism to something that's like anti-consumerism, yes. right? Cause it's all about like detaching and, yeah. and, and just like getting rid of all that excess stuff. Yeah. So, so really, I mean, the the easiest application for this is just you know, like one, like you you don't need anything. No. You just need yourself yeah. um, and the space that you currently occupy. Yeah. Um, and again, like I mean, we could we can walk the dog on this forever, but right. it's like I think in the end of the day, what, what we've come to realize um, at Softleet, and you know, what number of different people have come to realize um, is that you know, focused breathing and meditation practice can one can be applied to any sort of training that you're doing. Um, whether that's shooting, you know, I mean, geez, I, I, I vaguely remember like when it comes to like the fundamentals of marksmanship, like a stable shooting platform is kind of important. And if my chest is like rising and falling, that might impact like where the round goes because I'm yeah. like braced properly. Um, but I mean, it, it applies to, to pretty much every, it, well, every aspect of your life. So if you want to if you want to live better, I mean, we're not like the first person to the to the mindfulness no. game and to the meditation game. Um, you know, this is something that we would highly recommend you guys look into. Yeah. Um, and 
go ahead. But that that's that's true though. You know, we we recommend it like crazy, and like this year, like me and Chris are really going to start pushing this breathing stuff. The past, you know, we wanted to push it last year, didn't we, Chris? And we talked about this. We we're like, hey, let's hold off and let's kind of let's let's really kind of get more of a of a grab of it all. So when we do do it, we can do it this way. And again. Breathing is supposed to be simple, right? One of these, one of these, this, this is supposed to be simple. And that's how I approached the programming for the athletes um, was how simple can I make this so that it doesn't seem complex to them? And it was super easy, right? It was just a, a, a pretty simple, you know, breathing protocol of like, or, hey, after your training session, you're just going to go ahead and sit down or lay down for three to five minutes. You're going to follow just, I want you to go ahead and inhale for three seconds, hold for two seconds exhale for six seconds and then hold your breath on that on after the exhale for a second or even going to where i was like all right cool we're gonna go ahead and do a three second inhale three second hold and then a long six second plus exhale and you know with holding that breath if you teach your mind the proper way with holding that breath you can really learn to teach your body how to lower your heart rate and really dig deep into that parasympathetic state and then with that exhale now when you're exhaling as long as you can you're also lowering that heart rate Um, you know, and then when you hold your breath on the back end of the exhale is where you now go ahead and increase sympathetic state, right? So, you know, Chris has seen in the programming, you know, I try and avoid that exhale hold on the back end of people's training sessions because I'm trying to downregulate them and that's what I want to do. And, you know, in the programs, we have a pretty good, a pretty easy progression. I I feel like you've seen it too, where like the first week might be a three second inhale, three second hold, six second exhale. And the next week we'll go a four, four, eight. And the next week we'll go five, five, 10. And then we'll go ahead and deload the next week. And, you know, we'll go ahead and put in there, hey, you go by what you feel the best is, right? And what you feel like, hey, go ahead and either do a three, three, six, because that's what worked for you, or you do a five, five, 10, that's worked for you. Um, And, and that's something that we've really been pushing on, but I think you know we're gonna be taking the next steps now and kind of start implementing it more into the warmups more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I do implement them into your training sessions. So like, hey, like for instance, if everyone's following the stamina portion right now, on your run days, you're running, and then you have some kind of rest and recovery some kind of walk. And what I have them do is I need you nasal breathing during that walk. Another thing that I've actually learned was that if you, again, we talked about, remember Chris, we talked about this where it was like, hey, like your mouth is, you're, you're, it's meant to be okay to exhale out of your mouth. That's how we release stress, right? Like if your mouth opens up, that knows you're in a stressful situation. We're in a sympathetic state. Now we're breathing in and out through our mouth. But no one really understands like, hey, if your heart rate's at 90% of your max heart rate, to control that, inhale through the nose, exhale through your mouth. Mm-hmm. Because again, what's a bigger, you know, what's bigger, your mouth to exhale as much CO2 as possible or your nose? Your goal is to get that CO2 out of your system as quick as possible so that you can refill it back up with oxygen. Mm-hmm. So if I go ahead and inhale through my nose at 90% and then exhale through my nose at, when I'm at that 90% effort, it's gonna take me twice as long to get down to 65% as it would have been if I was to exhale, you know, five good big, and then, but you have to mentally be okay with that there because some people will freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so this, this podcast being all about holistic life rising, you, you, you hit on a key word and it starts with an S and that's called stress, right? Cause whether, whether or not we're working out or we are living, uh, we live in a stressful state. So with us also is Brooke. Brooke is our nutrition guru <laughs> to use our, <laughs> our meditation yoga theme, um, so Brooke, what are some, you know, how, first off, 
in you know, we just talked about how we can use breathing to de-stress ourselves. Uh, what are some or how does nutrition play into stress regulation? And how can or what are what are some quick things that we can do nutrition wise to like help de-stress? Whether that's like you know I don't know hot herbal tea or um, whatever you fill in the blank. I don't know. I've tie nutrition and stress together. Yeah. Well, this actually brings up like a really interesting topic that I've been reading a lot about um, is gut health and how this actually, so your gut is actually, it has a two-way communication to your brain. They call the gut the enteric nervous system. It's got thousands and thousands of nerves lining your gut that are connected to your brain. So if you are stressed, if you're anxious, you know, depressed, whatever it is, there's a two-way communication that happens. So if you have all this stuff going on in your life, you will actually have physical GI like symptoms of that yeah. and vice versa. So if you've got these physical things happening inside your intestines, it will go back to your brain and can even trigger those things. And that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense because of the fact that I've had athletes there. So my individual athletes who I had to start doing this breathing work stuff in the mornings and right away during their breathing work, they're like, dude, I have to stop and go use the restroom. And, it's and, all connected. It makes sense now because the parasympathetic state is in charge of the rest recovery and digestion system. So now that makes sense what you're talking about and connecting the two, um, which also too, one thing I learned during HRV was like I would eat and see what foods I was kind of like not really should be putting in my system because like my sympathetic state would kind of spike. Um, and then I noticed if I was to do breath work afterwards, I could I was easy to, like, to digest my food faster. So that's that's pretty cool that you've like really kind of connected the two now for us. Yeah, and it's what's weird is, and they're doing a lot of research, and right now it's mostly animal studies just because it's really hard to do a lot of human studies. But um, there's a lot of studies that they're doing right now um, on the gut and even... Um, so basically in your gut is what we call like microflora, and it's just this collection of like all this bacteria. Like think like trillions like a lot of bacteria but it's good and it's bad and so if if that is ever off balance which can be caused by a lot of different things it call it's called dysbiosis and when that happens it actually takes you off your game mentally physically um, because of these connections that exist between all these neurons and nerves that are lining your intestines so it's kind of interesting that and who knows where this is like headed I guess in the field of research but so things like um, your environment is a really big one like all the stress you have um, your age your nutrition um, medicines um, I'm really against I guess like the traditional medical system like if I I'm not going to take like ibuprofen or something you know like I want to try and find another way to heal it and this is one of the reasons because all that stuff you put in your body is absorbed in your gut and affects that microflora and can totally knock off your game and now we know can cause not just physical stress but like mental and emotional stress nice so yeah. it almost like the human body being mostly microbial then you know brings a question to the term myself as a singular pronoun because we're actually a bunch of bacteria <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> no. that, is, that is that is the officer speaking oh right now. there you go <laughs> 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 roger that roger that sir um no that that's actually a really good point um granted i don't know i i drink kombucha every once in a while <laughs> 
I, yeah, I fermented drink, food's so. great. Yeah. Like kombucha, the fermented tea, uh, yeah. you know, I pickles, kimchi, you know. Well, that's funny is like we go into like we're talking about all of these approaches that we're doing as human beings to kind of make our life that much better, right? We always want to talk about efficiency for our life and quality for our life. We put those two together. We're doing something right. And it goes into like training now, right? It's like athletes like, oh, I don't like to eat when I'm training, right? It's like, oh, I can't eat after I'm done training. Well, you know, if you found the right foods that you're Mm -hmm. talking about that are going to be able to be okay with your gut, you know, and then add in this breathing work that's going to help get you into a very good parasympathetic state so you can now digest the food, you know, there's two things right there that are super simple and they're free. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I see with a lot of people and people are like always looking for that quick fix and looking for what's the next big thing. When Chris said it before already, right? Breathing has been around for years, right? Pretty, I actually pretty much since human beings have been around so. pretty much right since, <laughs> but the next thing that leads me to this and, and there was a documentary actually Brooke on uh, on Netflix. It's called cooked. I think it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it goes over four episodes of fire, water, air, and the earth. Also known as the, the elements. Yes, <laughs> as known as the elements. But it breaks it down and this doctor goes into it and talks about the reason why human, humans have evolved to where we're at now is because of fire, right? Back in that time period, if they didn't know how to make fire, and what he talks about, he talks about these, these apes learned how to make fire. Prometheus actually gave fire to man. There's a story behind it. <laughs> but no, no, but that's what I'm saying. Just though We're talking about this approach, right? And talking about right. this, like, not real, like, too much research behind it, but, like, these theories from uh, anthropologist. Is that, that right? Correct, yeah. Anthropologist. That's, that's the NCO speaking. Right? So. Yeah, that's yeah. NCO oh. speaking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he talks about, like, hey, like, the reason why human beings and all this stuff happened was because of these, these, these apes learned how to cook, or learned how to create fire. And all of a sudden it changed their living style and it changed the way they evolved and it changed their environment to where, you know, then it starts talking about like these tribes that are all the time now, their main day is focused off of food. Like they pretty much work for each meal, each meal and each meal. But if they didn't have fire, how would they be able to cook? Right. Um, But it goes back to like I was talking about this, right? Like breathing is simple to do. Nutrition, eating food, looking what works best for you, for your gut. Um, so with that, you know, what are some of the gut stuff or the gut health that you have been seeing that you're using now from this research? Right. So honestly, um, I've been having like my own like GI issues associated with the genetics. There's like a gallbladder thing in my family and genetics play a huge role in this as well. But I'm a big believer that genetics is a small piece of the pie. So even though things like IBS or gallbladder disease run in my family, I really think that I have the power with like the other 75% of this pie to change that. So I'm actually um, probably the most hippie shit I've done in a long time, but I'm about to do, um, an elimination diet. So what you do, um, for this is kind of take all of the allergens, the big main eight allergens like soy, um, eggs, peanuts, wheat, you glue or gluten, but you take all these out of the diet and wait, so um, you're not just doing a cleanse of just a smoothie every day. No, fuck no. Oh my God. I hate that shit. Uh, <laughs> because really you're not getting a lot out of that. So I'm actually taking the main eight allergens that cause inflammation 
of the gut and cause GI issues. I'm taking them all out. So, and people are like, well, what are you going to eat? I was like, well, I mean, that leaves a lot like fruits, vegetables, <laughs> meat, like you still have fat, so nuts. Martha, I believe, ate a grain of rice a day, but then he said that, that wasn't really sustainable anymore. If you guys, if you We're going to see Brooke like barefooted with a spear <laughs> out, out in North Carolina Durham and running around for animals that she can eat. It's like straight up Lord of Flies. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Well, this is definitely works. Like this is, and honestly, like you're supposed, you do this under the, um, under the care of usually a physician, an allergist, or a dietitian. Thankfully, I'm a dietitian. My doctor knows I'm doing it. I'm gonna, so I'm kind of so know what I'm doing. coaching yourself through this. Yeah. So usually you do this for awesome. two. You do this to like for to two weeks to four weeks. I'm gonna go ahead and do um, more on the long end, just because I kind of want to see how I feel. And then you slowly start introducing these allergens back into the gut, and you and because they've cleared your system, you can see really quickly like, oh, I'm. This is not good for me. I'm not responding to this. And as you age, this changes, right? So like if you could eat dairy when you were a kid, a lot of the times as you age, you don't have um, the enzymes and a lot of people can't have dairy anymore. So I didn't, I suspect that's one of mine, which is really sad because I love cheese. But yeah, um, I, wouldn't, I would die. I would I'm going to see I how it's going to go. I eat cheese all the time. Well, you actually can take the lactase enzyme, which helps a lot, but then it gets into like, do you want to take more stuff and put more stuff into your body? So it kind of depends on you. So I'm going to kind of do that to see what's going on with my gut. So that's like the more extreme, what can you do, I guess. Um, but every single day, just certain food choices, fermented foods, things like yogurt, um, Christmas mentioned kombucha, which is like a fermented tea, which is freaking delicious. I really want to learn how to make my own. Um, There's this thing called Google. Yeah. I think it has steps to do it, right? Probably. Yeah. Such a smart actually, I mean, I'm sure there's actually pockets of individuals who live probably in Asheville who might be able to educate you on. I bet they're here in Durham, too. Or Washington State. or I guarantee you put an email out for where we're at, you probably get someone to do it. To teach me? I give me a SCOBY? Yeah. I mean, bring see, him by the office, please, because I just want to meet this guy because he's probably quite a character. I enjoy them, dude. I love hanging out with these people. My no. vegan friends make it all the time. I'm like, see, I, I don't know. I, I, I do like. I admire not to go on any sort of rant, but I admire vegans. But the only thing I have an issue with is like when you take a moral stance on your food. Like, that's like crossing a line for me. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, be definitely like be kind to the, like be kind to the earth, be kind to nature, all about that stuff. But you're not like a superior human being because <laughs> you just have a different diet. I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around it yeah no so when we talk about like the gut health like what if people can't go out and spend the money that they need to spend on for probiotics and all this gut yeah. health are there simpler probiotics ways are expensive and that you know that's a way to do it um and a lot of the times doctors will even prescribe them to you if you really need them and that helps to save money if that's something you really need um but usually that's they use that for things like inflammatory bowel disease and now you can buy them obviously over the counter and people take them on a daily basis and, and swear by it. Um, but honestly, simple things like choosing those foods we were talking about that you can eat, um, yogurt, fermented foods. Um, and then also things like, like drinking a lot of water, staying hydrated, eating a lot of fiber because fiber isn't absorbed like by the gut. And so it rolls on through, right. And it helps like kind of clean and take care of your gut. So just eating Makes a lot of fiber regular. and yeah fiber and water are just two easy ways if you don't want to spend money buying kombucha and, and you can actually see a lot of what your diet looks like through looking at your 
That's a real thing. It is a real thing. Like there is like legitimately charts that show like, hey, like this is where you're at. This is how it should be or this is whatever else. And we're talking about all this random stuff and it's awesome. You know, I know for myself for like what I do for my gut and Brooke still looks at me funny for it, but it works. It works for me really well. Um, And have you heard me talk about it on a podcast before? We've heard other people talk about it, but utilizing Himalayan sea salt with water and lime juice and then I throw in some apple cider vinegar and it's probably one of the most tastiest drinks ever. Um, that I like, but I'll tell you what, I take it within five to 10 minutes. Guess where I'm at? Black, <laughs> black coffee does the same thing. Espresso and black coffee. Well, yeah. So like, that's another big thing too, is like one thing I've been playing, like one thing I played around with last year was really trying to figure out like how not to let my body get into a sympathetic state right away. Once I wake up because your body's going to get somewhere in that middle, right? Because you mm-hmm. have the day going on. And I really wanted to make sure that I was like, you know, getting the most out of my morning routine. So what I would end up doing was I was go ahead and eat breakfast, drink a bunch of water and take my, make sure my probiotic was in and everything else like that. Like, and then else. And once I was done with that, was when coffee went in afterwards, um, instead of putting in coffee first. Sure. Um, so since we're on this, what else did we say that we're going to talk about? Ooh, essential oils. Essential oil. We're talking, we're talking about holistic life practice. So, I mean, just again, I, I think the, the point of all this, and I think Brooke, you had kind of mentioned. It. So when you when you talk about the the twenty five percent being genetics and the seventy five percent being something you control, so almost like saying you have the ability to express genes, like so the field of epigenetics being say, what yeah. it is. Yeah. Like I mean, you almost imagine like your genetics being like the book that's written. You can't change the words of the, the book, book, but you can't change how the book is interpreted. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Everyone so all, does. And so all these things we're talking about, softly listeners, is that lifestyle practices, be it breathing, nutrition, yoga, meditation, can actually produce physiological effects in your body, mm-hmm. which will greatly enhance whatever endeavor you are trying to do. So, um, so George, so so essential oils. How does essential oils in your well, keeping this PG. <laughs> <laughs> 13 <laughs> so it, it's funny is like what what got me into essential oils actually was when i came back from my last deployment and her name no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> when i what got me into essential oils and I, I can't talk really in depth of like how everything is just knowing that they're made of different fruit uh, different roots and and all this other stuff put together and everything else like that like you know, my daughter's mother she actually makes essential oils at her house like it, That's it's, cool. It's pretty cool. Like, like I was like, extracts it or whatever. Yeah, she does everything she does, and she makes essential oil. She has essential oil parties. I mean, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, think about it this way, right? So, like for example, pretend this is just hypothetical situation, right? Say you're hungry, really hungry. You walk into your mom's kitchen on Thanksgiving Day. What's the first thing that happens? Is you smell something, right? You smell the scent yep. of a delicious meal. Then what happens? What does that smell do? It triggers, triggers something, something in like your mind, yeah. yeah, salivate, right? You start thinking about so connected to your gut. It can, they almost all three connected. Almost like this whole body works as a complete system. So my essential <laughs> oils, being what they are, uh, scent scent is is one is one of our senses, yep. um, which then is tied to. For us, I mean, it's tied to a emotional. Yeah, there you go. Touch is another one too. <laughs> Um, tied to a physiological response. So so we get physical responses. Like if I can, you know, Pavlov's dog salivates, right, when he hears the bell ring. So it's like, <laughs> exactly. So our, our emotions and our reactions to things are triggered by 
sight, sense, smell, all that stuff. So everything being tied in together. So essential oils um, creates this scent, creates yep. which then triggers a mindset of usually peacefulness, right? Like, I mean, you, I don't know, there's a re, like when you go to yoga, they place a cloth on you, at least at the yoga studio that I go to. And it smells of lavender, yeah. right? And, la- and it's like, calming. oh, yeah, calming. Yeah. And effect. like every single one of these different, you know, essential oils have a purpose for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ones that I, when we're talking about coming back from deployment, uh, one, I was like, man, I need to, one, get sleep. So I use lavender for the calmness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who knows about um, sage? You ever heard of that before? Like the sage that they use, the smell of sage? I mean, I've heard of sage, yes. Yeah, the smell of sage is actually helps with going to sleep. I did not know that one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, cool. clary sage. I always do helps, lavender, I think. Yeah, uh, uh, clary, well. clary sage is how you name it, is what I've read and what I've taken has helped with sleep. Um, and, you know, what I end up doing is I'll place it behind my ears and mm-hmm. on my tempo, on my temple, yeah. you know, and do that. But what happened was really got me into it was that my testosterone levels were really low. And I started looking up, you know, I obviously when I was in the Marine Corps, couldn't get test therapy or anything like that. Really, it was just more of like, all right, hey, you're kind of on your own, just whatever else. So I started looking into, you know, different ways how to get, you know, natural reset of the body and kind of help with that. Mm-hmm. Led me to the Mecca root, mm-hmm. you know, and once I got into Mecca root, I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Let's go ahead and start, you know, diving down this rabbit hole. <laughs> and that has led me to this day, right? And you know, it's been a big part of my life. I carry essential oils with me. Yeah, I have some on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> I totally do. I have like little <laughs> things on my desk. Brian thinks I'm nuts. But it's fine. You know what? Actually, but see, here's, here's the thing. Like, and, and as we list off these, you know, like I never wash my socks on Tuesday, kind of like ritual routines that we all <laughs> do, right? We have to, you know, understand that like this shit actually works. It, like it actually, it, like, and I know, I know it sounds really hippie and it's nothing wrong with being hippie like we're super peaceful people but um but understand that like when you when you make these advancements in training like and you can pretty much you can pick any athlete you want out there like if i started to ask them a laundry list of questions about the routines that they go through in their day they're probably going to tell me a lot about the stuff that they do outside the gym yeah. Just as much as they're going to tell me about what they're going to do inside the gym. Yep. Right. Because that's what you yeah, want to know. Though. Exactly. And that's, and, and here's the thing, like if you, you know, your training will be severely capped if you think that you can just go into the gym and just work out and come out and be done. Right. Cause it's, it's I mean, the science and everything will tell you, no, that's not the case. You, you have to basically collect a series of lifestyle practices that enhances your training. And, and the reason why we tend to go with the holistic approach is like, it's what has worked for thousands and thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of years because it's not, you know, and that, and that's not to say that I'm not going to be the kind of guy who says, you know, Western medicine doesn't have a place in, you know, what exactly we do, but you know, it, it has a time and a purpose, but the time and the purpose is not every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, and, there's small changes that you can make that don't cost any money because, yeah. you know, humans were not, didn't come onto the planet with money. You know, we came into with the, the living microbiome that is our self um, and the environment around us. And we slowly began to react to that environment. And, you know, the body has the ability to heal itself. You know, it does. And provided everything is normal, uh, you have the ability to heal yourself by whatever means possible and it's, it's crazy right it's like everyone everyone watches like animal planet and watches like national geographic right and everyone gets 
so like, oh, that was awesome watching that lion take down, you know, that zebra, right? Well, you know, the crazy part about that is if that lion got in a fight with another lion, you know, after they're both done, if one, if one didn't die or they one's super injured and the other one died, well, the one that's injured, they don't have a doctor to go to. There's no lion doctor. There's no lion doctor, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so you know, it, it's funny. There's no lion doctor, right? There's they, yeah. they they're in, they're in nature where they can't go see a vet like we can take our dogs sure. with, and and they heal themselves. And and how do they heal themselves? Well, first off, they make sure that they're they're breathing. They're always in a very very parasympathetic state. You know, they go up into this high sympathetic state. When they're getting ready to attack, and, I think and, lions sleep like twenty hours a day. Yeah, they so. sleep like crazy. Yeah, yeah, and then they and then you know and then they focus on nutrition and then and sleep. So that leads us to the same thing for like why us why don't we as human beings take advantage of that at the end of the day? I have my theory on that, but I want to hear it. Yeah, what's your, my, my I want to hear your theory. That? Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. So so humans. We're like next level shit creatures, right? Because we don't just we don't just survive. We take everything to the next level. You mm-hmm. know, lions don't hop on their lion iPhones and look at their lion softly apps and be like, oh, what's the lion workout for today? <laughs> I love how we just <laughs> use the lion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or like, they don't take their lion uh, gut health routine like in the morning. Humans, <laughs> like lions are like, and I, I feel like oh, I want to say it was the matrix, right? Where it's like, oh. You know, human beings are, I mean, granted, we share more in common with a virus. I think it was like Agent Smith's big line where he's like, you know, we we move to an area and we multiply right, until yep. every natural resource is consumed and then we move to another area. Well, lions inhabit that area and they just are part of that circle. But human beings, like, we try to snatch 500 pounds and we try to, like, do all these crazy things with our bodies. Like... So for us, you know, being we're so trying, we're trying to be extremists. We are. We and and that's the thing. Like we are. I, but granted, from an evolutionary standpoint, it puts us at the top of the evolutionary chain. Exactly. Because we can do all these crazy things. But what we've also noticed is that it's sometime like we've also created with every great advancement, we've also created a whole slew of issues. You know, like with processed foods, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's huge I like your theory behind that's kind of how I look at it also right it's like all right cool people see all these new advancements in human involvement right as the humans evolve the advancement of things just start coming into play what ends up happening now is stuff like breathing stuff like sleeping and stuff like eating ends up getting pushed down to down that priority list to like maybe the last things they worry about and all of a sudden now that quality of life that the lion is living to help recover and get himself ready so he can hunt again you know we put a human in that realm and all of a sudden you know they're no longer thinking about oh i need to get recovery and sleep they're like i need to go see a doctor the doctor obviously goes and gives them medicine well the medicine that they're taking their body does not take it properly or puts them in this even higher sympathetic state now to where they're not even recovering anymore they're just in this fight or flight mode 24 7 well yeah a lot of that i think too is you know when you look at and this is, I mean, again, I'm, I don't want to speak outside my field. This is just based on my own personal experience. A lot, with, all this is all our own with, personal experience. With stress, right? In that if you look at the, you know, way back in the day when human beings were being chased by these giant saber-toothed tigers. Cause yes. I, just, I just watched 10,000 BC on Netflix. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. <laughs> um, the, you know, the the 
sympathetic parasympathetic states have their purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the sympathetic state jacks us up. It creates a physiological response that allows us to really harness everything that we have at one time, which is useful. It, it protects us. Up. If you're running from a saber-toothed tiger or, I mean, for example, you're trying to lift something heavy. Like if you're trying to recruit your body as a single mechanism, um, you know, it basically shuts down everything that's not necessary. So digestion goes out the window. You're breathing probably just very quick and shallow. Sure. Um, and, you know, you just focus on the stuff that you absolutely need in that moment. Um, but what's happened is that, you know, as we've evolved as human beings, you know, our lifestyles have changed drastically where instead of saber-toothed tigers, we have mother-in-laws and bosses <laughs> and other things that cause us these stress in our mm-hmm. life. Or like, you know, and for example, you know, how has social media and technology changed our, our natural levels of induced stress that we all come encounter with on a daily basis? And then as naturally stressed out human beings, because, you know, chronic stress being an issue in our culture, we then try to take that stress and we go into a gym, Mm -hmm. which the gym is just a physical stressor. And then we have the emotional stressor. And in the end of the day, it all ends up being stress. Um, So ultimately what, what our, parasympathetic state then becomes is our stress management system. Yeah. And, and that's funny you say this because I had a conversation about this at Brooks house actually talking about it because we were talking about how like the the CrossFit athlete is in, always in such a sympathetic state and they're always overfilling their cup with stress. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, and there's, and, and but it's it, it's not even just a CrossFit athlete. That goes into general for all athletes. The high intensity, the high intensity the athlete, time. because that high intensity does cause stress to the body. Sure. Well, I mean, stress, stress, stress is stress. Stress creates an adaptation. It does, right? I yeah. mean, so cortisol levels being tied to stress, like you're the what I think is the the specific adaptation to an implied demand. I believe is the technical term for it. But oh yes, the said principle. Said principle. Um, the stress, like talk any, dirty to me some more, baby. <laughs> you talking any any amount of stress in your life will create a physiological adaptation. Whether I'm stressing my muscles so I can lift more weight, or I'm stressing a system in order for it to do something for me, or you know a- anything you do, your body will react to that yeah. stress that you place and, on the system. And that's huge too. It goes into the to the gas, um, the gas, the gas model, right? General adaptation syndrome mm-hmm. that we talk about. Um, a lot of people don't really understand like how that's how that really ties into everyday life. People are like, oh, it's just you know for training. It's no, it's ruled everyday life, right? For instance, like you know, Chris, you know, hey, Chris, hey, you got this going on, blah blah blah. All of a sudden, that creates some kind of stress for him because he t- processes it into his brain. All of a sudden, his body now takes it a certain way puts him to a certain place where he now has to be in a fight or flight or the resistance phase is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And then from the resistance phase, now he goes ahead and taps in either into the recovery phase or the overexhaustion phase. And a lot of times what happens is, is most human beings don't ever get into that recovery phase because they expended so much energy during that resistance phase mm-hmm. that puts them into an overex- uh, overexertion phase to where now they're not recovering the way they should be. Now they're working twice as hard to try and, and to just pretty much just rebuild, but they can't. Sure. Because they overexpended all their energy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's not to say that, that stress isn't bad. Because it, it isn't bad. It's, stress is not you, bad. You need, to, you need to stress a system in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, I mean, we talked about this, I'm sure, in probably a number of different podcasts, but remember that the the benefits you get from your stress that you place on the system whether it be your training or whatever uh you don't get the benefits of that until you recover from it you don't get bigger stronger mm-hmm. faster when you work out you get bigger stronger faster, faster when, you're, when you recover from working out yep. um so again i mean that being said um kind of like 
wrapping this whole thing yeah, like definitely. full circle here is that uh, your lifestyle outside of the gym drastically impacts yep, your ability to do things in the gym yep. or whatever your given endeavor is. Um, I think, you know, I think the the trendiness of mindfulness and breath practice and yoga has all kind of made this resurgence because as a culture, we've become increasingly stressed mm-hmm. every day. And we, not only that, but we almost take pride in our ability to create new stressors for ourselves, like social media, social anxiety, things like that. So, um, <laughs> social intelligence is yeah, just so horrible. I mean, but, but that being said, you know, for, for us, uh, you know, and as to not, you know, get wrapped up in the whole consumer culture of stress mm-hmm. management, um, you know, we, we talked about for the last hour plus or almost an hour of, you know, ways and things you can do that cost no money. Uh, they just need you and they need your time. Uh, and again, and you I, have to understand, like it, it, a lot of people try and do this and they fail at it. And that's one of these things. And the reason why we do talk a lot about it is because that it is something that you have to work at until no, it becomes like a routine mm-hmm. and becomes a natural for you. It's a skill, right? Breathing is a skill. Sure. It's right. In the name, right? Like mindfulness practice. Yeah. There you go. There you go. See, yeah. <sighs> boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like we talk about, right? The diaphragm is a, the diaphragm is a muscle right? It takes skill to learn how to breathe properly, right? Nutrition and gut health and how to digest food. It takes a skill to learn how to get yourself into that digestive process so you can do it. It, But once you do, it's it's pretty awesome. And we're talking about like the big ones like eat, sleep, and breathe. And breathe. You already do these things. We're just saying be mindful of how you do them to like enhance They're what the, you're, what else yeah, you're doing? They're the three Your priorities life. in life. I feel like, yeah, right. What's yeah. the first thing we do when we wake up, or when we were out of our mom's womb? Ba- the doctor checks us. Breathe. Yep. Yep. Nice. I was gonna say cry, but I just, I <laughs> yeah. think I know where you're going. And then the second thing we do after that, once we're done crying, is we take a shit. <laughs> well, we, well, they look for you to make sure you take a shit. But the second thing that people, the baby does, <laughs> is goes eat. and eats. Yeah. Right. And then after the oh. baby's done eating, what does it do? Sleepy time. Sleepy time. Yep. Actually, I think what? I think I added I added the the shit part. I, think, I like that though. I think when my Still mom tells the story, my brother like, oh yeah, you you pooped right. <laughs> <laughs> you pooped all over the doctor. <laughs> awesome. So you know, just like I said, we just gave you guys a, a f- three key ingredients to help provide a better quality life for you guys. You know, it, it's on you guys to take this and run with it, like myself, Chris, and Brooke have done. And with pushing it to everyone is awfully. Yep. We're continuing to run with it because you never stop running. You know, you just continuously get better at it. Hopefully it's true. So. <laughs> All right, guys. So with that, thanks again for listening and uh, tune in next time. You want to do the little now to close out our mindfulness talk here. So this is, we, we opened it and now we will officially close it. All right, I can't do it. All right, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening.